Hello, welcome to the Property Report Podcast, produced by Property Guru Property Report, the official magazine of the Asia Property Awards and Asia Real Estate Summit. We'll talk about innovations, issues, and technologies that are reshaping our homes and communities. On this episode, we are joined by Savera Wirasinghi, the co-founder of Ananta Sustainables. Welcome to the Property Guru Property Report podcast. I am Gerard, the Deputy Editor of Property Guru Property Report. And I am Jeanine, the Digital Editor of Property Guru Property Report. This episode, we're going to talk about our responsibility towards Mother Nature, specifically our daily plastic usage. Hey G, did you know that we have discarded so many plastics in our lifetime that we have created an eighth continent called the Great Pacific Garbage Patch? That's uh, quite disturbing, but not at all surprising, G. It's not something that we can easily forget because this so-called eighth continent is already the size of France, which means around 1.8 million, I repeat, 1.8 million pieces of plastic are floating around the ocean, killing thousands of marine animals each year. And it's not without proof, too. We have seen photos circulating across our social media accounts from a dissected sperm whale with 29 kilograms of plastic debris in its stomach, to turtles suffocating in plastic bags, to seabirds ingesting microplastic, and the long list goes on. But before we get even more riled up, let's introduce our guest, Shaoichi. All right, let's get right into it. Joining us to help raise awareness of this very crucial cause is Savera Wirasinghe, the co-founder at Ananta Sustainables, who at age 28 created a thriving startup to rid the world of single-use plastics. Hi, Savera. Pleased to have you here with us. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Well, the pleasure is ours. So can you share with our listeners the humble beginnings of your startup? What urged you to open your own brand of sustainable packaging in Sri Lanka? Sure. So at the time I was, uh, this was in 2016, I kind of moved back and I was running a manufacturing business that my family owned, which was already producing packaging, but this was industrial packaging, it was paper sack. And my efforts had been in making the manufacturing itself more sustainable in, you know, solar power, bring the, the facility and, um, and also, you know, trying to hire, you know, 72% or so of women in the manufacturing. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sorry for the interruption. I live in the tropics, so there's a lot of bird noise that I can't really do anything about. But so during that time when I was trying to, you know, make the packaging of the manufacturing sustainable, in 2017, there's a catastrophic waste-related disaster where literally people drown in one of these huge amounts of waste um, that is, you know, typical in South Asia, especially. Um, collapsed, um, killing mm-hmm. 34 people and displacing about um, 108 families. So that was quite tragic. And to think, you know, that our waste that we generate every day was doing this to people, to lives was kind of that kind of wake up moment. So I hosted a kind of community forum called Trash Talk, trying to understand, you know, what was happening with waste, mm-hmm. what 
people were thinking of, why this was happening. And what I came to realize was one part of it is that it was apathy that drove people, but instead, even the people who did care, they didn't really know where the solutions were, like what they could do if they wanted to replace the plastic or, you know, have more sustainable packaging, stuff like that. And for me, running a company that was called Packaging Industries at the end of it, I almost felt ashamed that I couldn't offer more solutions for sustainability. And I realized that even though industries weren't willing to change, like big corporations weren't willing to change, there were small vendors and small business and social enterprises all wanting to kind of embed it in the DNA, the sustainability and take responsibility really for their children, for their businesses and embed those core values values and pay a bit more for sustainable packaging. So with that, I started just as a brand, just to make it more accessible, started sourcing compostable packaging. Mm -hmm. I really stressed on the compostable because there's this kind of idea of biodegradable that's kind of thrown around with plastic and people don't really understand what's actually good for them. Compostable means that it will break down into natural compounds that will go into the soil and replenish the soil and act as a natural fertilizer. And for countries in South Asia, especially where we don't really have waste management infrastructure is really important that if people were throwing this on the wayside it would actually and not be collected in landfill or waste to energy or any of these current solutions that at least it would in 120 days break down and you know replenish uh, soil so that's kind of where it started it was realizing that the individual consumer was actually far more concerned than the people making decisions in big companies because there were long line of chain of command between them and where small businesses it was people making decisions based on the individual values and I wanted to make sustainable options available to the that demographic of people. We're curious, what materials are you using for this to be possible? Because you mentioned in one of your interviews that these natural alternatives decompose after 90 days compared to single-use plastics yeah. that last for 500 years. Sure. So we, there's a range of different materials, but for the containers, you also you want to give a good quality product that actually can perform in the same way to the best of its ability. So there is sugarcane bagasse, which bagasse is the kind of the pulp byproduct of the sugarcane industry. So so it's the extracted sugarcane and it's that pulp, the fiber pulp. Also, similarly, wheat. So it's a lot of agricultural byproducts, that pulp that they're extracting stuff. And then you get the pulp that's then made into these sheets and then thermoformed into packaging. Um, also paper, so paper straws and paper bags. Of course, I mean, waste is waste, so it doesn't matter what it is. I would rather people not use straws, even though it's one of our biggest mm-hmm. sellers. I think that what happened to the good old lip to cup, but... <laughs> A lot of people use straws and that if they are going to be tossed out, I'd rather them be something that's a renewable resource and can be grown sustainably and then, you know, break down and disappear into the soil and have less of an impact than plastic that will break into microplastics and then accumulate in mm-hmm. in our food systems, you know, through fish swallowing it and then it yeah. accumulates in our, it affects our endocrine system, it affects so many of our organs when it accumulates it's a bioaccumulation that happens or you know in Asia we burn a lot of plastic too and so we're breathing it it's directly affecting us we're unfortunately in a situation where we are all kind of facing the repercussions of these decisions over time Mm -hmm. years so the time was yesterday and 
we all need, I think, be doing something, um, not something we need to be radically changing how we do things and how we look at things and taking those steps, however hard it is for our businesses, because life and a good quality of existence comes before ensuring a bottom line, because that bottom line is also to ensure a better quality of life, you know, at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because as much as we want to minimize waste, we cannot control everyone. At least with these alternatives, we can say that they are in a way the lesser evil, knowing that they can decompose in way less time compared to the single-use plastics. Yeah, I mean, we don't really know if plastic ever really breaks down. We don't have parts mm. of, you know, 400 years. We just can extrapolate from what the information that we have now. And yes, I mean, 100%, I think that we all need to really take a long, hard look at mm. our lifestyles I think being in quarantine the world over I think that the initial awareness did arise um, and I think that we need to question that even more because paper packaging compostable packaging all of that is step in the right direction but we do mm-hmm. really be reducing the way we consume and the way our resources are distributed so unequally amongst human population of seven point something billion uh, we really do need to consider our planetary boundaries when we consume and that's the everyday decisions it mm-hmm. should be large big decisions it should be the do i need that packet of chip plastic but it's also so related to our health packaging plays such a huge part it's 40 percent of a landfill so if we can really tackle the packaging part of it i think that we can get a long way. As you may know, businesses may be aware of their role to minimize their carbon footprint, yet most of them are still hesitant to make the switch. Yeah. So how do you think has Ananta convinced them? Uh, that's a good question. I think uh, <laughs> our <laughs> radical, <laughs> I know I'm, I'm a little bit radical sometimes about this, these changes that we need to make, but I think being practical, um, understanding, I mean, I've run business, I've run a manufacturing company. I know how hard it is to make those decisions. I know how hard it is to run a startup and I know every decision is painstaking, it's difficult, it feels always like a compromise. And I think trying to understand where that company is coming from and saying, okay, not denigrating their prioritization hierarchy, but saying, okay, how can we take one step at a time again? But actually, there is a material. We actually can give you a solution for this little portion of it. Let's try that. And I think there has to be a willingness in this kind of stage of transition. I think there has to be an initial willingness from the company itself. And Mm -hmm. I think Ananta wants to be there when that first willingness or interest is there saying listen we can hold your hand and help you figure it out (laughs) i mean we're still very much figuring it out and i think this space is pretty new Mm -hmm. and rough around the edges so we're also really figuring it out but there has to be an initial interest or value an intrinsic value that the company has understood and then we're saying great you want to do this you want to change you see that okay great like we can help you let's figure this out and that's where we would like to be coming from instead of saying you know you're wrong you're doing this bad you need Mm -hmm. to change today i think positive reinforcement works much better than negative reinforcement yeah Um, and honestly, no one's perfect. So um, I, I really celebrate every time anyone has any interest in, in, you know, taking more responsibility for their existence and their business operation. Definitely. These small victories do matter. So convincing your potential investors, partners, or consumers to switch to sustainable packaging is already an impressive feat. But we were wondering, as a young woman in the industry, 
Did you find it difficult to relay your message to the world? I mean, did your age and gender in any way affect you from achieving your goals for Ananta or did it set you apart in your country? Um, that's a good question. I think that, I mean, yeah, I think <laughs> Asia is very, is quite ageist and sexist mm-hmm. <laughs> in their yeah. just kind of the, um, ways that they work, especially when I was running the manufacturing operation. I think that there was a lot more impediments or just kind of convincing that needed to be done. I've had people saying, oh yeah, you know, your efforts are great, but it's because you're young and you don't know what you're talking about. And that's why, you know, you're still really idealistic. And I said, yeah, and that's why I'm going to make this happen. Actually, Mm. I still have hope for this planet and for our generation because I have my whole future ahead of me. Everyone else, you know, and I I think that's what I want to be working towards. And yes, I mean, definitely my gender and my age has affected it. But in the startup world, I think it has almost been the opposite. Then it's kind of me worrying that because it kind of marks all these boxes of like, oh, she's under 30, oh, she's female, oh, she's Uh in sustainability. You know, how much of that is just sticking with criteria of what everyone wants to be kind of interested in and pushing and promoting and you know genuinely concerned about what the work that we're doing and what drives us so mm-hmm. there has been positive and negative as always I yeah. think older industries are far more kind of set in their ways and not looking to change and then I think the kind of startup world the small business especially social enterprise is so full of energized power women that embedding social and environmental impact into their business models um, and so I see you know I mean progressive and then I'm not an anomaly at all I'm finding running mates and partners and coalitions and one of them is I have a kind of coalition or network that I um, co-founded with another female partner who's in media to create more awareness but also bring all of these social enterprises state institutions and citizen groups, individuals, expert scientists together. We're filming a documentary or we're editing. We filmed a documentary and we're editing it now on waste and sustainability in Sri Lanka. Oh. So, yeah, yeah. I think that like anything, you it's how you frame it and how you position it. Any negative thing can be converted into something positive. You know, everything has two sides. And I try to <laughs> do my best and not really listen to the naysayers but also not really get too caught up in the media's perception of who I am or what I am doing and just trying to put my head down and get some work done have some impact I guess to be honest (laughs) you say you're not an anomaly but I think you're special so aside from uh, perceived ageism and gender bias can you share other challenges that you have encountered in setting up um, Ananta Sustainables yeah I mean everyone knows that well now at least a lot of people know that plastic a single-use plastic is a huge problem that we all face and you know theoretically everyone's like yeah that's great I don't want to be using plastic for the minute you know price because you know as I mentioned economies of scale and just the head start that plastic has had price is a huge problem so there's a lot of people saying yeah great you know we'd love an alternative to plastic and then Oh, but it's way too expensive. And so that's that's always a challenge. You know, people are not understanding. The the benefit is that everyone's kind of heard of the impact of plastic and that, that that's kind of the global conversation. But a lot of the time, a lot of businesses think, oh, yes, yes, we need to change. But they don't really understand why they're not driven internally of understanding, like, wait, we need to take responsibility for this. This is a cost 
that our business should bear. So of the future of our children, it's not a cost to our planet. It's not a cost to, you know, any other generation. It's not a cost to quality of air I breathe. So it's that understanding, that deep understanding of why this needs to happen, why this needs to change. Um, so a lot of businesses will say, you know, ask for samples, you know, be interested in them. And understandably, I mean, um, put off by the price, but at the mm-hmm. same time, um, and honestly, that seems to be the bigger the business, the more put off they are by a few cents, whereas the smaller the business, they're like, you know what, we will bear this cost and we will embed it in what we stand for. Yeah. That's who we align ourselves with. They're smart business decisions and then they're just core values of what is this legacy? What is, you know, what do we stand for? Mm-hmm. How do we look at cost? Cost to whom? Cost to what? And I think the world that we're in, those questions need to be asked because business, the way it has been going, has brought us, the world's came to a halt because of a pandemic, because of, you know, unstable environments and climates. Yeah. And we need to be asking ourselves these questions because, you know, from Black Lives Matter to COVID-19 to any of these things, we're at this kind of, we're at a juncture for humanity mm-hmm. that you know, a lot of questions need to be asked. A lot of things need to be revised. And I find hope in a lot of amazing social enterprises and businesses that are doing it um, and are able to adapt and have been driven to change and do things for the right reasons as opposed to profit maximization. I think that doesn't serve us well in the long run. I don't think it serves anyone well. So it has to be more than mere profit maximization, I think. And you can, you know, there are versions of businesses that are successful, they're growing, they're expanding, and they serve the people around them. They serve the environment, and there are hundreds of examples of of businesses like that. So it's not that it can't be done. There has to be a willingness, and then anything Mm -hmm. is possible. All right. We are the juncture of humanity. I think that's a good way to end it and uh, thoughts to ponder for our listeners. But unfortunately, that's all the time that we have left for today. Thanks again, Severa, for joining us. Thank you, guys. Uh, we're looking Thanks. forward to what your company will achieve in the years to come. Do you have huh? anything else to share with our listeners? Uh, no, I think uh, just everyone needs to look into themselves and see, you know, what can I do? That's the only way anything will change. Exactly, because a little does go a long way. Thanks again, Severa. We're hoping that this podcast has enlightened our listeners and prompted them to make a change. To know more about Ananta Sustainables' mission, visit anantasustainables.com. That's A-N-A-N-T-A sustainables.com. Thanks for listening to the Property Guru Property Report podcast. Make sure to stay tuned to our next episode. Keep safe, sane, and healthy always. sponsor an episode or leave feedback please send us a message at propertyreport at propertyguru.com if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe and tune in next time